You don't want all that sexy preamble. No. What? Shut up. You shut up. Good afternoon. That's it. Good afternoon and welcome. Afternoon. Yeah. You're giving it away. Oh, I'm We're sorry. We're not recording at night time. I know. Um, good afternoon and welcome uh, once again. What if you listen to it at night? Oh, good evening to you. Good afternoon, then. good evening and good morning. <laughs> uh, welcome to Gillan Roscoe's Predacious Horror, Horror Podcast. Podcast. Um, yes! That was in time there. Uh-huh. Lethargy suits you. <laughs> yeah, so um, my name is Roscoe Vacant. I'm joined as ever uh, by my dear friend, Mr. Gilroy Katansky. Yeah. yeah, who likes to say things at the same t- time as I do. Uh, this, <laughs> this week... Um, we finish each other's sandwiches. Sandwiches, yeah. Uh, this week we're going to be discussing... Um, a couple, the couple. cheeriest... Excision. Three exceptionally fucked up films. um, Excision, The Loved Loved Ones, and Dead Girl. Yeah, so there we go. Gil, have you managed to watch anything additional this week? I have. I've watched North by Northwest, which is a classic. I absolutely love it. And The Island President, it's a documentary about the Maldives. Uh Because I'm deep. Do you feel like that? One North by Northwest, or it's a Hitchcock classic, and mm-hmm. it's got Cary Grant in it. And if you haven't seen it, then you've got issues of okay. What Car Magazine. Okay. <laughs> uh huh. I've watched a whole bunch of stuff. Right. But okay. Argo. Watched Argo as well. Right. It's, it's really good. So what's that? That's the that's, that's, the that's another Affleck, recent one, right? Uh yeah. So Ben Affleck directed that. Yep, and stars. And stars in, on it as well. Yep. And he wrote the theme tune. He and sang the theme tune. Very good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I actually watched loads of stuff. I can't really think what any of it was. So it's hard about it. It's about people that are trapped in a cellar. Okay. In in the Yemen. Right. Maybe I can't remember. I watched it at about three o'clock in the morning. Cool. Okay. But it was really good. It's a true story, mm-hmm. but it is worth checking out. And I've watched a whole load of stuff like fuck documentary all about the word fuck. That sounds rubbish. It's it's all right, but yeah. yeah, it's take it or leave it. To be honest. Yeah, I saw a documentary once about the aristocrats joke. Yeah, that's that's really it's it's good if you can watch it all the way to the end. Mm-hmm. I think that's... I didn't care for it, I have to say. I found it really boring and that's why I was... It's quite up. long, isn't it? Mm-hmm. All these... It, but it gets to the point where it, it takes on this... You start watching it and a couple of times when people do the joke, you find it funny. Mm-hmm. And you go, oh, that's entertaining. And then <coughs> as that just continues and it's more and more people doing their version of the <laughs> joke, it just becomes like this 
noise. Uh huh. <laughs> it's like yeah. kind of poetry. That's how I felt. It was, uh, I felt that it became a kind of background, and I just wasn't. I lost interest in it. Um, I thought it'd be really cool, but no, it just wasn't my scene. Mm. Um, another link to obviously a, a film that we've uh, seen before is um, uh, oh, what was it? Uh, Tales from the Crapper. Um, I haven't seen that yet. Ah, right, okay. What has Trey Parker um, as Juan Schwartz? Um, <coughs> and he does the aristocrats joke, and it uh, works very. And there's the South Park version of it as well. Really? All right. Okay. Have you never seen no, that? No, I've never seen it's, that. No. I'll look it out. Yeah. When we're on our downtime thing, cool. in between bits. But yeah, what else have you watched this week? When I try and recall. Yeah, I don't think I've seen anything at all this week. <laughs> um, myself and Gil watched all the movies last night. I've. Uh, it is a pure loving. Yeah. <laughs> so we went to went to Asda and there was a choice between uh, the critically acclaimed and uh, highly regarded soon to be horror masterpiece Barbarian Sound Studio for five pounds or Iron Sky starring Udo Kier of the, the Nazis returning from the moon. Um and which one do you think I picked? <laughs> I didn't buy any. I, I no. totally forgot. I should have just gone right. You get that one. I'll get this one. Yeah, that then we'll have both. Yep. So but I also watched good. the master. All right. Uh, okay. Paul Scientology. Anderson, oh, right. Well, it's not. It's not Scientology. It's it's uh, the cause. Right. Because is it based on Scientology? Or well, I tell you, kind of was. It definitely has its roots in uh -huh. the whole Elrond Hubbard thing. Sure. Even down to the point that they're on a boat quite a bit. And uh huh. L. Ron Hubbard had with the Scientology yep. Navy yep. thing when he sailed yeah. about. Yep. But yeah, it's uh, long. Uh -huh. I'm not sure. I think I need to watch it again. Uh -huh. To be honest, it's not. Like Paul Thomas Anderson's somebody that I really like most of his films. Yep. But this one didn't really land with me. Sure. As, as a reviewer would say. Yep. But I don't know if that was just because I wasn't really into it at the time. Mm -hmm. Or maybe just also because Philip Seymour Hoffman, when he appears in anything, like Paul Thomas Anderson's uh, Punch Drunk Love, which oh, is the, the only really good mm -hmm. Adam Sandler yep. performance in any film ever, sure. has that one scene where he's on the phone. Uh -huh to the laundromat and the person that picks it up is Philip Seymour Hoffman <sighs> and they have that massive screaming argument yep. like fuck you, did, did you just tell me to go fuck myself? <laughs> it's just, and that is, yeah. like that scene just takes you like, right out of the film to an even better place but yep. then you go straight back to this film that's still awesome every scene that Philip Seymour Hoffman's in you're kind of, you're watching the Who's film the for his character Philip Seymour Hoffman is the co-star. The right. star is Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, sure, so it is. Yeah. So, uh, so I thought you kind of went off the rails and that it was... No, that was for a documentary. So that was I'm like a whole, here, a whole spoof kind of thing? Yeah, if, you, if you've not seen I'm Still Here, uh -huh. you should definitely watch it. It's right, okay. quite fun. Because uh -huh. all the stuff that they filmed where he was supposedly losing his mind. Oh, uh -huh, like the hip-hop yeah. performance. Well, oh, that's, that's a major part of it. Uh -huh. And... He's got some. He's got a brilliant conversation with Edward James Olmos. Right. Okay. Where Edward James Olmos is giving him some advice, and you just think, I wish he was my dad. <laughs> I 
That's pretty risky strategy for an actor to yeah. totally destroy their public persona. And it was was it Letterman that he went on? I, I don't remember, but I remember where he just sat there and he yeah. was totally distant mm-hmm. and aloof. Yep. And then went on about his rap career and everything yep. that. When those bits come into it, you go, oh, for fuck's sake, I remember that on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's a brilliant, brilliant film. But in The Master, I think they've got the problem with a good two such strong actors uh-huh. and one of them just, well, not saying he's fat, but Philip Seymour Hoffman overshadows the rather skinny Blackie and Phoenix. <laughs> I'm not saying his mother's fat. <laughs> but when she sits around the house, she sits around the house. Well done. That was good, good quick thinking there. Well done. Yeah, I had also to, had to roll it and yeah. play and look for the wet patch. <laughs> yeah, I also watched um, Carpet Remnant World this week. Oh, the Stuart Lee DVD. Yeah. Um, I didn't obviously. know you'd bought that. Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah, yeah. I, did. Um, I bought it from you. <laughs> <laughs> and you bought it from the internet. Yeah, but I have, I have bought it. <laughs> you borrowed it from me. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I was hearing that your voice is audible in one of the Stuart Lee live DVDs. Is that it? Your laugh is. Oh yeah. Young uh, Cal was no. saying that you were very clearly audible. Yeah, and that's uh, the 44th best stand-up one. Fuck's sake, Gil. That's ridiculous. It's not my fault. <laughs> How do you laugh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, like that. That's you. Okay. <laughs> That is, is uh, one of the things that Johnny Models has always said about me is that I'm the only person he's ever met who actually laughs ha 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 and he he he. <laughs> there we go. So yeah, that's cool. I'm sure I did watch. Uh, oh, Rear Window as well. Craig, you've watched the hell films. My goodness. Oh, Rear Window. Uh-huh. I I did. I fell asleep for the middle section, uh-huh. but it's alright. I've seen it loads of times. Cool. And I had never seen it, so I stuck it on. And then I fell asleep and woke up for the end. Yep. Yeah. So there we go. But that's got Jimmy Stewart in it. Which, oh really? Yeah, it's a it's a great, 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 awesome film. Hmm. And I want to live in the apartment that he lives in in that that film. What's it like? It's just like a really nice little studio apartment, but uh-huh. it looks out onto this nice little garden area that's off the back of a main like street. No. This is like a nice little garden no, area. No, it's uh, four apartments. Ah, right. Okay. That all just, well, four sets of apartments that, that surround this little, well, mm-hmm. kind of decent sized rectangle where they've got a little allotment and stuff like that. Yep. But you can always see down a lane mm-hmm. where you can see that there's a street beyond it that's always really busy. Cool. Uh-huh. And that just looks... Yeah. That looks cool to have like a place where you can go and sit and just chill. Awesome. Well, that's cool. Um, so yeah, that's. So you, you get any other interesting tidbits? No news or um, <laughs> moving out my flat. Yeah, splitting up with my. That was all good. I, I meant about films. So yeah, yeah, yeah. My list and titles, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Or as we say in Scotland, your life's in tatties. <laughs> I'm the heir to the tatty fortune. There's a there's a Mr. T annual that 
remember when you used, you used to get annuals okay. in, like for TV shows and they would have like a little, there would yep. be like a cartoon version, like a little comic strip about it. There, there's one in the Mr. T one where it's basically a rip-off of Scooby-Doo. Right. Like he's travelling about uh-huh. and there's some kids with him and they're in the van. Uh-huh. And at the end of it, the, the final panel is something like, Ah, so it turned out to be those potato pickers after all, <laughs> and there's a field full of women <laughs> with like just little hoods up and they're picking potatoes. And you're like, what? Old women picking potatoes turned out to be the bad guys in yep. Mr. T comic. I remember one other one of these kind of Mr. T annuals, again, it was the comic um, section of it, and the, the end line was if you steal, you're no big wheel, you're just a flat tire fool. <laughs> Which is uh, rules to live by. He's, he's on Twitter now. Is he, aye? Yep. Is he quite he's, monosyllabic? He's only been on it for a couple of days. Right. So, so he's are, just finding his feet. We have yet to see the wisdom of tea. Okay, that's cool. Oh, I see, he would like that. Has the Pope tweeted yet? I don't think so. He's retweeted us a few times, <laughs> as, as retweets would have you believe. <laughs> I remember you did that thing with, pre- with President Obama. With Barack Obama fully endorsing our show. <laughs> and so has the Pope. So I'm like, phew, that was a hard day. Just off to listen to Bodacious <laughs> So that was pretty funny. Um, One day yeah. we'll all get sued. <laughs> uh, I think so. I think so. Um, yeah, and we've had quite a good response to the... <sighs> What? I forgot, I also watched none of this. No. And oh, I Disco right. Exorcist. <laughs> Disco Exorcist, what yep. was that one like? Uh, Disco-y. And there's a bit of exorcism. When was it, roughly? About, uh, was they it? were both like 2010, 2011. So, so somebody was still making a movie called Disco Exorcist right around the uh, Very 70s influenced, uh-huh. modern grindhouse oh, type right. thing. Okay. So it's, they're, Kind of little tongue-in-cheek homages. Mm-hmm. Uh, none of, or is it none of this or none of that? I don't know. But the the lady from these two films has started following me on Twitter. Right. Okay. As well. So that's that's nice. Okay, that's cool. Have you had any weird shit like that when you go, when you look at your new followers and there's like people from films that have started yeah. following you because we sit on my couch and talk nonsense. Yeah, Jim Tavery was the kind of most exciting one. That was I think what you're doing. Oh yeah, because Jim Tavery started following me yeah. a wee while ago, but that that wasn't to do with this. Uh-huh. That was to do with uh, somebody that had supposedly ripped off his act. Ah oh, right, I see. Or appeared to have ripped cool. off Jim Tavery's act. Yep. So um, also Scott Glosserman t- uh, tweeted us this week, uh, the director of uh, Leslie Vernon, the, the Behind the Mask. Didn't they tweet me? The rise of Leslie Vernon to confirm that it wasn't. It is in fact a spree make. Not a sequel. Not a sequel. A spree make because it's a sequel, a prequel, and a remake. And there's no, there's no uh, remake and sequel. So it is a spree make. Cool. But also, there's no uh, sequel and spree make. Well, that's not. <laughs> It's just as well he didn't tweet the pen. Uh, I know, I know. So that was cool. Um, yeah, I think that's the, the kind of most exciting things of the, the week. Um, and I was going to say that we received some some pretty awesome, um, some some very cool uh, entries uh, for our American Mary competition. Oh yeah. So that's, that was we have three now. 
Yeah, so that's that's pretty great. So thanks to uh, Ideal Cynic, who will remain nameless, and um, Mark Topping. Who will remain named. Named, yep. And Freya, right? Yep, and, uh, and, and little Freya. Uh, and also Alistair. Alistair McMillan. So thank you very much. They're all, also remain named. They're all are absolutely excellent, actually. It's going to be a really tough, uh, yeah, tough decision. We, even, we listened to the three of them last night, and unless somebody puts in one that totally trumps these yeah, two... Yeah, we're going to be a, we're we're a split, split jury, to be honest. Yeah, we'll end up having to... Get, get somebody yeah, else get to decide. Ross Gilchrist or something to adjudicate. Or put it to a public vote. Nah. I don't know. I don't like the public. Public votes are usually rigged though, aren't I, they? Given the fact that we don't know if the prize is actually <laughs> obtainable. The, the, the prize is in your house. Uh, yes, in my former house. <laughs> where I no longer lie. <laughs> there will so, be a copy of American Mary B exists someday. Whether, whether it's, it's signed, signed or not, that's uh, debatable. We could sign it. We could sign it. <laughs> I like the booby prize. I'll that's... be Jen, you be Sylvia. Okay. We'll, we'll sign it. Okay. So that's cool. Um, okay, Doc. So should we take a wee break and then uh, come back and discuss our first film? Okay, Doc. Okay, Doc. Excuse me, what are you doing? Are you looking for porn again? No. Well, what is that I see? It's not porn. It's the badassboobsandbodycounts.com website. I happen to be looking at the reviews in the boobs section of the site. They have a section of the site dedicated to boobs? Yes, they do. They cover exploitation films in the boobs category, action films in the badass category, and horror in the body counts category. What's that other option? BBNBC podcast? If you're not into reading the reviews, you can listen to them via the web on your mobile device through iTunes and they cover the same types of films lesser known action exploitation and horror cinema so yeah to answer your question I wasn't cruising porn that's too bad what's too bad that you weren't cruising for porn uh why because I was feeling kind of horny oh wait 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 wait! get back here hey get back here is that it recording yes that's it recording yes everybody just missed that wee rendition of your new single no but anorupists no no the one before that Oh yeah, I was playing Gil's hideous little ukulele. Yeah. Um, it doesn't tune. It the strings are made of plastic. It's, yeah. Yeah. Good. So which which film do you like to discuss? We should have probably discussed that in the five seconds oh. rather than me playing the. Fuck it, no. Well, will we start with Dead Girl then? Yeah. Because <laughs> we'll will we just do them in the order we watched them in? Yeah, I think so. I think That's so. That's easier. That's cool. Um, that way you can erase Dead Girl from your memory at the end of this segment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dead Girl was um, exceedingly disturbing. Um, yep. So it made me uh, doubt your uh, your overall faith in your faith because you keep saying Jesus every time we watch a horror film. You go Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. He never turns up. Yeah. So do you want to synopsize Girl or? Uh, Dead Girl is uh, Ricky and JT, uh-huh. who are two high school students with male part and baldness. <laughs> yeah, there was I think I'm as convincing a, a high school student as they are. Two different know. stages of Christian Slater. Yeah. <laughs> also, you'd think that if, there was, if the people that make it were going to say, like, be high school students, they would say, get rid of these, like, massive, obviously you've had a beard before side I love those things. It's the, the that massive, was, a, but that was, that was the highlight of my uh, <laughs> the film for me was uh, the Sides. And then the revelation later on is they're meant to be seventeen. Uh-huh. Aye. Anyway, they uh, they're they're not 
like the most popular people in school or whatever, they're just kind of on the sidelines and mm -hmm. they decide one day because they're bored, let's go up to the old abandoned asylum, mm -hmm. <laughs> like we all do. Yeah. And well, I mean, to be fair, I mean, we've all done things like that, haven't we? Where you went to like a, a well, we used to go. Oh, to but like, they go there to drink beer. Yeah. Well, let's not drink beer here. Let's go and drink beer in this spooky yeah, style. Yeah, fun. Yeah. And then I've they done things like that. and then they trashed bits of. Uh -huh. uh, and, yeah. And you thought they were going to kiss. I thought they were going <laughs> just like kiss them, kiss them. You just wanted to see that. I did want to see that. I did because I'm in a very confusing time in my life, and I think, I think that's. Uh, <laughs> Hey, everything's an option at the moment, you know? Yep. I, I don't know why you've insisted that you need to have your hand on my knee through all recordings. <laughs> oh, that's your knee. Well, that's disappointing. Um, <laughs> Feel around the back. <laughs> oh, aye. There yeah. it is. Right. Um, but <laughs> they go into the cellar, <laughs> as you always do, uh -huh. and they find a barricaded room, which uh, they break into, and there's a, there's a lady's body under a clear tarpaulin that they then discover is still breathing. Yep. And... And she looks totally... She looks dead. She yeah. looks like she's totally been uh, muddled and, and she looks very deceased. Um, yeah. But she's still breathing and... Uh, it's... It's odd because... How do you describe what they do next? <laughs> really? Uh, I mean, it's obviously it's, it's this film is exceptionally difficult to watch if you get any kind of. I would say that ge genuinely being quite serious is that if you get any issues around sexual assault or anything like that, it's, it is very uh, disturbing in places. It's not as bad as I've seen, but it's it's uh, it's, it's definitely difficult to watch. Um, so this. Uh, they, they it does have some light-hearted moments, though. It's not. It, the whole, no, the whole it does, but it's just it's, it's very difficult to are. watch if you do have any issues like that at all. But fortunately, it's not. It's not drawn out. No, it's not drawn out as bad as like, like some maybe gutter balls or different things like that. It's, um, it's still still pretty out there. Um, so the the JT as he takes on a kind of. Um, I'm not getting it right. It's a JT that takes on the kind of yeah. role of kind of pushing things forward. Because initially you think Ricky's a bit yeah, sleazy. Yeah, you do. Yeah, absolutely. Because Ricky, Ricky fancies a girl called Joanne uh -huh. who he kind of stares at, yep. looking a bit kind of menacing, sleazy, yeah. stalkerish. Without a doubt, without a doubt. Um, so, yeah, and you you assume that Ricky is going to be the one who's going to be um, the Mr. Twisted Fruit Loop. Yeah, that's going to get really, really uh, twisted. Um, but in reality, it's JT that's really pushing it forward, and Ricky has a kind of moral um, argument. Well, we haven't said about what he's pushing forward yet. They decide oh, in, instead of uh, uh -huh. reporting it to anybody, JT says, "Well, we can we can keep her." Uh -huh, sure. Obviously, nobody knows she's here because that room was barricaded, mm -hmm. and we can have sex with a lady whenever we want because mm -hmm. she's uh she's also chained to yep. a, to a gurney uh-huh i think that's a technical so um you know. ricky goes away decides he's gonna phone the police and so on um we'll cut to the cut to chase he comes back and we discover that jt has actually killed her three times but she has but still, she hasn't died she's not died she's still uh, 
breathing. He's yeah. broke her neck. Um, She's not a typical zombie. No, but I mean, one of the I mean, one of the most disturbing sequences in this is where he's assaulting her and he's breaking her neck at the same time, and or certainly. He's, that's what he's it's, it's, it, it, there's a bloodline certainly there and it's, it's horrendous, it's uh, very very difficult to watch from that point of view. Um, yeah, he doesn't even he doesn't even respect that she may or may not have ever been a human being uh -huh, or anything. Sure. She's, she's, she's nothing to him apart yeah. from basically a plaything. Because uh -huh. the scenes I actually found more uh, difficult to watch than the scenes of the sexual assault was the scenes of the beatings. Uh huh. Sure. I think I found them actually harder sure. yeah. because they were they were no, they in were such a way where you were like, and they they did that thing where if you get the the bone cracking noise uh -huh. just right, yep. then it works. That's yeah, it, was, it was. I mean, it's a very realistic. I mean, it was written what we were saying earlier by Trent Hager. Yep. Um, and I think to his credit, it really does show this kind of great versatility in his writing because this isn't a kind of, it's not like the kind of stuff that like you've, you've come to kind of associate with Trent Hager's work. Um, Citizen Toxie being one of those. Yeah, so I think this seems like it's his thing and that he has pushed forward with it as his idea uh, or certainly it's, it's something that's, that he's uh, made his own regardless whether it was yeah. an idea or not he's really nailed it. That's uh, as as his own as his own thing, um, and obviously it's it's as to his credit that it is as brutal and as upsetting as as it is, and as realistic as the dialogue is as well. Because I mean it's um, it's a predominantly male cast. As yeah, well. I mean, it's because uh, so the dead girl a, never even has a name yeah, or anything. Yeah. It's kind of a meditation on. Um, masculinity I suppose and on these kind of expected roles to the point where we even get I mean they, they are quite archetypal characters we've got like a kind of jock um, and we've got his kind of fr his friend Wheeler, and then yes, a stoner. stoner type character um, and these these kids are as you say the kind of Christian Slater cool outsider type yeah. characters um, so yes and kind of Joanne, cho chosen rejects as well yep um, chosen rejects type. So yeah, and, and Joanne, as you say, is the the, the cheerleader. Um, yes, I mean it's it's really well shot and it's it's very affecting throughout. Um, what else would you What else would you really say about it? I mean, I'd I'd say yeah. it's it's definitely worth watching because it is a good film. Uh -huh. But I'd say that it's similar to. Requiem for a Dream, in a way that I, I've watched Dead Girl, I think I've seen it three times uh -huh. now in total, but not close together viewings, uh -huh. and the same with Requiem for a Dream, I've seen it quite a few times, mm -hmm. but it's one of these films where when you've watched it, you kind of walk away from it and go, right, I've seen that, and maybe eight to twelve months later you might think, oh, I'll give that mm -hmm. a watch again. But it's Requiem for a Dream. I'd say this is this is uh, a kind of horror equivalent in some regard to that. Uh, certainly, there's there's elements that that are. I mean, it is a descent in the same sense that Requiem for a Dream is as well. Um, 
it's it does get very very dark and I mean we've both got different views on the ending in terms of what it tells us about uh, the characters um, but that's yeah we should tell people to fast forward like two minutes if they don't want yeah. to hear those views uh -huh, so yeah I think that some people who have seen it uh -huh. yeah we'll spend two minutes yep talking and Gil's just going to set his timer so uh, two minutes from now yep exactly two minutes okay so right so uh, at the end of the film we've got uh, everybody's dead apart from Ricky mm -hmm. and Joanne has been turned into another dead girl by being bitten by right. being mm -hmm. well by being bitten by JT that's the mm -hmm. the insinuation at the end sure okay only to to save her oh yeah sure yeah but unlike the previous dead girl she has uh, she has clothes on, even though she's tied to the gurney, and mm -hmm. there's there's a dress hanging up, mm -hmm. and I think it's more that Ricky's going to see her because he does still, he's been very affectionate towards her his whole life. Ah, uh -huh, sure. And I don't think that the relationship that he has with Joanne is the same as the relationship that JT and mm -hmm. Wheeler had with Dead Girl. Mm -hmm. I I think that it's it's more of a He's watched her from afar mm -hmm. his entire life, and now he's still going to do that probably for the rest of his life because yep. she will always be there. Okay. But he's not. He's not continually turning up and raping her. I, I'm not yeah. even sure if there is a sexual element uh -huh. to their relationship. Whereas I, I disagree, and I, I think it is a del deliberately ambiguous ending. It's not something that we're going to argue about or anything. But it's, I, I felt it was. As much as it was kind of clothed, uh, she was clothed well, and uh, her hands were tied with rib with scarves rather than with uh, rope. Yeah, it was still. Um, she was still held in bondage, and she was still potentially going to be raped. Um, yep. So is that our two so, minutes? Uh, yeah, we did that in under two minutes. There, cool. so people. Okay. We'll we'll find out that people didn't bother, uh -huh, and then they'll sure. watch the film and go, "Ah, oh, fuck you guys, spoiled it." No, you spoiled mm -hmm. it for yourself. <laughs> You people but make yeah, sick. You, you fucking sicken me, you know <laughs> what? So that's that's cool. Um, yes, yeah, it's, very... it's a difficult film to talk about because there's so much that you could uh -huh. potentially spoil. I, I think it's a film that you need to start watching it, and if you're not enjoying it within the first, well, not enjoying it, uh -huh, but if if it's too much in the first half hour, uh -huh. then just switch it off. It's heavy but, going. It's undoubtedly heavy yeah, going. Yeah, I mean it's a hundred minutes. It's not. Mm -hmm. It's not an overly long oh, film, sure, sure. and if you do stick with it, you get that quite entertaining scene at the gas station. What was that one? The oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's right, that's yeah, right. That's so that was good. Another bit we can't really spoil. <laughs> yeah, but that was yeah, that was a good moment. Very entertaining. Very good. But that breaks it up quite nicely. It does. I, I think. It does. I mean, the majority of it is quite a bit of, it's quite down downer. Yeah. Um, but that that there are. Uh, blackly comic moments uh, throughout, yeah. but it's uh, it's uh, the few and far between. <laughs> yeah, um, I I think it's uh, it's one of the more odd and interesting films yep. that we've watched recently. Uh -huh. Just because it is kind of dark and there's it's just it is worth watching. <laughs> I think it's it's odd to describe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that that makes us. 
uh, sound nothing like the nice reviews that we've had. We'll do two of them just now and we'll do the yeah, other two later on. That's probably nice. Because we always say like, oh leave us a wee review on iTunes or whatever. Uh -huh. And lately we've not been checking, have we? Because <laughs> hey, well, we haven't that, really bothered. But uh, Luca Brazzi, who uh, Godfather, ah, obviously not him because he's, he's dead, has given us a rating of five stars. Oh, that's nice. That is lovely. Thank you. And said, great show, excellent banter about movies, everyday stuff, whatever comes to mind. And there we go. Funny too. And he goes, too much so, everyday stuff in this week's episode. There's not really that much everyday well, stuff. There's the stuff about the breakdown of my relationship of eight and a half years that... <sighs> <laughs> At least you can laugh about it now. My suicidal hey, thoughts. Oh god. <laughs> well, we, we've been talking about all my blogs from like yeah, fucking May last exactly, year. Exactly. <laughs> we'll, we'll have yeah. a misery off. <laughs> okay, you win. Um, okay. No, there's no winner. There's no winner. Oh, no you're the loser. The, you're world, the biggest loser. The world loses. <laughs> well, thank you, uh, Luca Brazzi. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Don't Call Me Al. Don't Call Me Al. Okay. Has uh, given us a, another five star oh, review. Thank you. With the, the headline, It's a Bit Like Lovecraft. Oh, that's nice. That's a callback. That is. And they said, Help me find some great new films. Made me laugh at old ones, heard some great banter, and some not so great Bob Dylan impressions. What? My Bob Dylan impression sound? It's solid. I know, I'll, I'll read the rest of this out in my Bob Dylan impression. <laughs> Maybe it was that. Maybe it was that impression. It's my impression of a 125 motorcycle at the same oh, time. Means. It's me. Right, normal voice. Right, sorry. Always interesting and entertaining. It's got two guys talking about horror films. Get a listen. Oh, well, that's, that's another nice. callback. Oh, that's another callback. You know, oh. how sad is that? You know, one day we're going to, one of us will be walking along the street and somebody's going to just be driving past in a car and shout, It's a bit like Lovecraft. It's got a motor in it. Get a watch. <laughs> Moon on a stick. No, no, that's not us. <laughs> that's not us. Sadly not. Ian Cress is in my mouse hole. <laughs> what? <laughs> to warrant you. Oh, shit, I've not watched that in ages. Yeah, so there we go. Sadly, they won't be coming out on DVD. Are they not coming out on DVD? No. Doesn't look like it. So that's this morning with Richard, not Judy. It's yeah. an early 90s, well, sorry, late 90s. Um, Mid 90s. 96? Mm, 90, right, wow, well, okay. Cool. Maybe. Uh, yeah, I think it was late nineties. Um, but it was a Sunday morning, uh, a Sunday mid mid afternoon show uh, with Stuart Lee and Richard Herring. It was excellent. It was on, and it was uh, I think it was live. Yeah, you know? and it was in a kind of daytime TV show format, and it was very very good. But if you listen closely, you can hear some swearing. Can you? Yeah, uh, Richard Herring said that he managed to get a couple of fuckings in <laughs> when he would be doing the thing about. Uh, Crowning the king of the show. Ah, see. It's for king of the show. <laughs> king of the show. So. Oh yeah. well. So there we go. So thank it's you very much. It's got a curious orange in it. Get a watch. Yep. <laughs> curious orange played by Paul Putner. Yeah, and he he gets kind of dangerous. Yeah. So um. Dangerous orange. And he's got like banana fingers as well, which is yeah. funny. Uh, okay. Um. So. Do we move on to the next film and we can... Uh, we should put a, a wee ad around because uh, 
we would run out of time on the thing it's otherwise. We'll do, we'll do excision. It's, it's not, it's actually really good that people give us adverts because yeah. you know the thing that we use to record this only does 29 minutes and 59 seconds at a time. Yep. So it means that I don't have to bother with heavily editing stuff because I just stick an advert and after you go, we'll be right back oh, after God. this. <laughs> and then you can hear you fumbling with the camera. Don't watch that. <laughs> Alright. Okay, we'll, we'll be right back <laughs> after that. Oh. Do you like horror podcasts that are family friendly with boring hosts with bad opinions? that like to perform circle jerks on each other every episode? If you do, you're in luck. There are plenty of other podcasts and other network of podcasts out there that you can listen to. But if you like to have fun and realize that the horror genre is based on this and you want to listen to entertaining hosts each and every show talk about not only popular horror movies but also foreign, indie horror, and rare obscure gems, then look no further than Horrorphilia.com and our Horrorphilia network of podcasts. We currently host nine radically different podcasts with many more to come. I guarantee you we have something for every horror fan out there. Well, unless you're one of these people that get easily offended, don't like to try something new, or just some type of pompous douchebag. In that case, we don't want you listening anyways. For everyone else, come on down to Horophilia and prepare to have multiple eargasms each and every week. Horophilia, the sashimi of horror podcasting. Action! See something funny, funny man. Oh, see something no. funny. I can, cause I'm quite as much fucking turmoil as you this week. Who are you? Oh, I've got the whole like. Oh, you fucking nonsense. That thing. The thing of the thing. The, yeah, that's a callback. <laughs> Is it? We just call this episode the one with the callbacks. Yeah. I think you're making me change the title, cause I <laughs> wanted to call it "Watch the Girls Go Die," which. Which. Uh, that was a reference to the song, Music to Watch Girls Die. Uh-huh. You know, uh, watch the girls go die. Ba-ba, ba-ba. Would it be alright if I just put the ba-ba, ba-ba? Yeah, end? that'd be okay. But, yeah. No, you want to change the name. Well, we don't really, it's not really about watching girls die. That sounds really creepy. That sounds like... I know, but every, we try and, I, well, I try and put a wee pun in the title. I know you do, you do, I can. you do it very it well. doesn't usually work. That's it. You're going to get the Richard Whiteley Award for best pun. Oh, I miss Richard Whiteley. He was awesome. That's another reference to American people. Yeah. Because he hosted Countdown. I don't even know if there's an American version. In America, Richard Whiteley is a... Is it really cruel to say I don't imagine there's an American version of he's a He's a black comedian in America, Richard Whiteley. <laughs> no, you're thinking of Richie Blackmore. <laughs> From Deep Purple? Yeah. Alright. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I think I, I think it's it's a horrible, horrible thing that when I was thinking there, do they have an American version of Countdown? I immediately just went, nah, they won't. <laughs> they could. Yeah, but the thing is, I, I was I was thinking that they wouldn't have it because it would maybe be a bit of a boring format. But that will now just come For across a, as well, they won't of, have it because it's a program that's all about how people can spell <laughs> and count. Well, we've got, we've got a kind of higher tolerance for boring formats. And I, think, I think that's that evidence by our show. We really we need to jazz things up. You know what we need? We need... Uh, bed music. Right. That's what they call it on the radio when they just have like a, a repetitive tune. 
No, I don't mean right now. <laughs> what? Oh, no, I mean like if you, if you get, like, uh, no, because you're going to put on some fucking Bob Dylan or something like that. Yeah, yeah, you're going to like put on folk pish. And now people are just listening to us looking at our phones. <laughs> As we both go like, what music have I got? Quick, quick, what have I got? The Oh. I know what I've got. I've I've got. Uh, That's bed music. We've never even heard of that. It's. It's when they're on the radio and they've got a bit of music behind them all the time. Yeah, we'll be right back. After this, this great new, yeah. this is the latest sounds from Courtney Love's home. No, that's like when when they do that. That's because they're they're going to start playing that song. Uh-huh. But you know when they're when they're talking to somebody uh-huh. and they have like just a really quiet song on? Uh-huh. That's bed music. Ah, well there we go. I I picked quite a drummy bit of bed music you did, earlier, didn't that. You oh that's that yeah. No, that's fine. There you go. That's uh sixty-five days of static mountain head from the album we were exploding anyway. Do you know my friend is actually using 65 days of static at his wedding next week? There we go. What the whole band? Yeah. No what's he was he using? I don't know. I didn't ask him long enough to hear that. That's um, very good. Aye. So he's also um he's also having the theme from Rocky, the training montage music uh, from Rocky. Bizarrely enough. So is that for any particular strange. part of the wedding? Is that as as she goes up the aisle? I think it's all the way through. <laughs> that would be. What are the lyrics to that? I don't think there's lyrics to this. No, there is because there's women that are singing on the Rocky theme. Oh, uh-huh, it's not that one though. Something it's... harder or something. No, it's not that one. Not it's the training montage bit, which doesn't have lyrics. You're thinking of Go Fly Now. Oh yeah, but that that's at the end of the training montage. It's a separate thing. It's actually called something like training, training montage. montage. Aye, the that was back in the days when music was so imaginative. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All the titles had been used by the seventies. Yep. But anyway, yeah. What is it? What did you come in for again? Oh. What the hell was that? It's a Wilhelm scream. <laughs> that is not a Wilhelm scream. Yes, it is. Which one? <laughs> Look at your face. He looks absolutely disgusted. It's just like... You think I just slapped him in the face? What's your problem? That's not the one I like. That's not the one I like. There, there is uh, like seven Wilhelm right. screams. Oh. They're, uh, they're named after the, the sound editor that first used them in a film. Uh-huh. And I think they're actually... <laughs> from a film called Jungle Drums uh-huh. or something like that, but they appeared on a, just on a sound effects tape that he had and he found this one and he really liked it. And the Wilhelm scream has appeared in every Star Wars film, uh-huh. every Indiana Jones film, and there is a competition to see who can get the Wilhelm scream into their films, there just among sound editors to see yeah. if they can sneak it in there. So that's John cool. Woo films as well tend to have one. Yeah. There's a good one, uh, probably the most noticeable one in the John Woo film is uh, Broken Arrow. The Who's going to bring you a broken arrow? Who's going to bring you? That's the 
John Travolta and Christian Slater won. Right. It was, I think, uh, John Woo's first uh-huh. American film, like uh-huh. before Face Off. Uh-huh. And at the end, when they're on the train, a man gets uh, fired off the side of the train as it's going across a bridge. And so there's another Bob Dylan link there. Why? Rob, Robbie Robertson, Ro- Broken Arrow, who played with the band, Bob Dylan's Barton Band. Yep. So there we go. Who played until 3 o'clock in the morning at the Woodstock Festival. Oh. Yeah. Who the band did? Yeah. yeah. I didn't realise the band played Woodstock. Yep. Dylan certainly didn't because he was. No, but the band did. They set up Woodstock, well, supposedly they'd set it up to try and encourage him out of retirement at that point. (laughs) I wish they hadn't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Seriously, how good would his legacy be if he just fucked off and suddenly won? Whatever. Whatever. And then he wouldn't have. He wouldn't have written Blood in the Tracks. Wouldn't have written Desire. <sighs> wouldn't have written a lot of shite. Aye, well. Anyway, but he also wouldn't have done my favourite Christmas album. Aye. So that speaks volumes about you there, Gil. Um, what, that that's my favourite Christmas album? Uh-huh. Why, what's your favourite Christmas album? My favourite Christmas album is A Christmas Present For You from Phil Spector. Oh, for fuck's sake. That's everybody's favourite Christmas no, it's album. No, it's not. It's magnificent. He just filled the mix too much. Back to mono, that's what I say. All this fancy Dan nonsense. <laughs> Left and right speakers. Never heard anything as stupid in my life. You're only saying that because you've, you've got a set of headphones and one of them doesn't work. <laughs> that's it. And then it's really annoying when there's something in the other one. I know. I had a, a problem with a set of speakers that, that meant I was able to listen to an album in an entirely different way. Right, wow. One time, it was it was brilliant. I was listening to the album going, is this like a remix one? It wasn't, it was just my headphones were fucked. <laughs> Do you remember Gomez did a thing where you could, they put one of the B-sides on one of the singles, you could mix it yourself, um, so in the left, and both speakers they had the vocal, then the left speaker it was like drum and bass and then the right speaker it was like guitar and the proper words. band type thing and it was very different oh, so arrangements make, so you can so make, you make your own remix like your, phasing it in and out throughout left and right i just make a mono remix. so that's yeah. a pretty good idea it's pretty fun at the time Ooh. and so, yeah uh, the reason why we're not talking about the film just now is probably because uh, it's pretty it's a bit of a downer. It's not. <laughs> I thought I was just enjoying having a wee chat. <laughs> well, people seem to like our like human banter. Human. Yeah. That's our key demographic. Human. Humans. If only we could get more of them. <laughs> just a couple. Maybe three or four humans a week. I don't know. Cats can't download things. Maybe your cat can't. <laughs> I don't have a cat anymore. Oh fuck's sake! We're back to this. I. D- <laughs> I don't have any access arrangements. <laughs> you want a wee glass of baby shampoo to you? Yeah? <laughs> oh god. Anyway, so... Don't say I, because I've only got one little bottle of baby shampoo. You're not okay. it. I'm driving wee pal, I can't. Um, Alright, so Excision, another happy, happy film. Um, Gil, you're, you've done a really good job at synopsizing the last one. Could you maybe synopsize this one? Actually, I don't use IMDB, I just use my memory. You use your mind? You're you're a bit Asperger's and you you've got, a, you've got a super memory for for yeah. everything. 
I've done like 15 tests and I'm uh -huh. borderline autistic. I know all of them. And the yeah. thing that really pisses me off is I'm quite competitive. <laughs> I'm like, how the fuck do I get those other two points? There we go. <laughs> okay. So it's either one or two points, I'm below. I'm like, what? So there we go. Okay. That's not the most contentious thing I've said all weekend, is it? Yeah, it's, it's not the most contentious, but it's pretty close. It's getting there. Um, but anyway, yeah, excision is uh, about uh, a family who have one older daughter who's been a little bit sidelined due to the fact she has a younger sister with cystic fibrosis mm -hmm. who therefore demands a lot more attention from the parents. And or requires more than anything. Requires. Well, I don't, I don't mean that she demands it. I mean, like the like her uh, her, her CF uh -huh. demands more attention sure, from parents enough. due to yep. having to go to the doctor more regularly. Uh -huh. and, and I think in fairness, she's the kind of favourite as well. I I I think that it's it's not really that she is the the favourite. It's that she the. Both of the daughters, the parents have got a kind of dysfunctional relationship with, but definitely within the eyes of the other one, mm -hmm. she's the the favourite. I can't remember their names. The one with cystic fibrosis is Grace, mm -hmm. and yep, and the other one is Anna Lynn McCord. Please, uh -huh. sure. Anna Lynn McCord is amazing in this film. Uh -huh. But anyway, uh, she has. I'm just gonna look it up. So that's cool. She has these, uh, she's at the point where she's reached her kind of sexual awakening mm -hmm. and she's unhappy in her family life and she's reasonably unhappy in her school life as well mm -hmm. and she has these ideas of basically if only, if everything could just be normal but she wants to, she wants to be a surgeon because she's got a really good relationship with Grace. Uh-huh. The relationship between the yeah, two of them. Close. Uh -huh. I, I thought that was nice that they have the two sisters don't see any uh -huh. dysfunction within the relationship. Well, I wouldn't maybe go that far. I find it a wee bit in places. Um, maybe like Grace is the older sister. Uh huh. In a way. Right. Okay. Almost. Yeah, a wee bit. But I mean, there there were faults in the relationship as well because she was almost. Um, the younger sister was almost playing her mother off against her older sister at times as well. And there were moments where mm. that kind of happened and it was maybe a wee bit messy from that side. But I think uh, both sisters feel that their mother is a bit... Uh -huh, so it's Pauline is the older sister and yep, Grace is the But they both have this feeling that their mother's a bit overbearing. Sure. And maybe, they were, maybe that goes on with age. Uh -huh. So therefore, she's more overbearing on Pauline, and that's just starting to come in with okay. Grace because Grace is starting to get to. Right. But they, okay, they sure. make a point of Grace saying to Pauline, "Boys don't want this; they want these," and yep. pointing at her boobs, going, mm -hmm. "Well, look, I've got boobs yep. now," kind uh -huh. of thing. So, like maybe as the girls become more yep. towards womanhood, yeah, the mother becomes enough. more overbearing. Yep. Fair enough. Sort yeah. of thing, but the mother's played by Tracy Lords. Yeah. So that's the, uh... the former. Porn yeah. queen who almost uh -huh. destroyed the porn industry by being underage. By being underage for uh, all of her career, apart from one film. Yeah. 
That's a that's an interesting little. Can you, can you, yeah. I was going to say tidbit, but you can't really. It's uh-huh. tidbit anyway, isn't uh-huh. it? It's meant to be tidbit. But Tracy Lodge was excellent in this. I thought you were going to say Tracy Lodge was excellent. Like just looking back on her career. Just a retrospective level. <laughs> just, yeah. Because <laughs> we were talking about Tracy Lodge's uh, adult film career, when you just went, Tracy Lodge was excellent. I was thinking, my God, you're a. You're a Deeply disturbed man, Roscoe Vacant. <laughs> well, Tracy Lords was really good in this. Uh, uh-huh. I think Tracy Lords' first uh, kind of straight role was in Cry Baby, uh-huh. which was directed by John Waters, who is also in oh, this yeah, in his final ever appearance as uh, Priest, Pauline's priest uh-huh. that, that she has to go to because yep. the family have recognised that Pauline has. You know, psychological issues. Yeah. She has delusions of grandeur and she will one day be a great surgeon. Mm-hmm. And the idea is that if she becomes a great surgeon then maybe maybe she will be able to, yeah, to so help uh-huh. so in the, the caring of her are, sister. Her motivations are pure. It's certainly not um, anything other than that. Yeah. But is that motivation there so that she would uh, be less sidelined? You know, her idea is that she would save her sister, Possibly, and therefore yeah. maybe, uh-huh. maybe get back the love that she feels her mother has never had sure, for her. Okay. Because uh-huh. there's a quite a harrowing scene in this film with the mother shouting, and mm-hmm. you're like, "Fuck that!" Because this film's quite funny mm-hmm. throughout quite a lot of it, particularly the scenes with John Waters, who makes a really believable priest. Mm-hmm. I thought it was it was a, an excellent bit of casting Aye, uh-huh. to have this kind of a slightly camp priest yeah. who just doesn't rise to any of the bait with the whenever she's trying to kind of niggle at him. Uh-huh. And uh, Malcolm McDowell in a also in a oh yeah suitably, yeah I forgot about him as well. different from kind of off type role as, uh-huh, the, bit, as yeah. the teacher. Yep. Who isn't? He's not very Malcolm McDowell-y uh-huh. in this. He is just sort of a teacher who's just got less patience yep. with her because yeah. she's in because Pauline's so awkward. Uh huh. Yeah, she definitely has. Yep. Um, and the dad as well. I mean, everybody uh-huh. in this. Who, is, who was the dad? Do you know? Uh, I can't remember what his name is, but he's uh-huh. been in loads and loads of stuff. Cool. But everybody seems perfectly cast in this film. I don't think anybody's miscast at all. I think I think the four I think the four uh, principles in this work very well together, um, and it is quite a claustrophobic relationship. The way it's the way it's shot, um, and most most of what we see is kind of uh, poultry uh, shots of, so it's kind of people uh, shot around the, uh, the small dinner. small dinner table yeah. with all four facing each other, and when they're speaking. The camera tends to be in a portrait position, just facing quite them. close up. Yeah, as well. quite close up, of, and it's very shot. much just head and head and shoulders, and it does really add to the claustrophobia of the situation. But throughout all the meals, it heavily relies on reaction shots uh-huh. as well, yep. which is is really nice. Instead of it being just a wide angle, mm-hmm. you you get it where it, it pans. It, well, not pans, but kind uh-huh. of jumps from person to person yep. just to get there. Uh-huh. Flickering facial expressions. Yep. Yeah, so. Oh, it's lovely. Yeah, it's, 
it's a film that I'll, I'm going to be controversial. I'm afraid, girl. It's, it's you a didn't film. like it. No, uh, I mean it's it's technically very good, and the story was there, and the 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 everything about it worked really well. I just didn't really get a lot out of it in terms of enjoyment, um, particularly. Um, I I liked the. I liked like, the dream sequences. I like yeah, because uh, we haven't even talked about the dream sequences. Yeah, sure. Yeah, she's she's sure. got uh, these. Because I think that's where the horror element basically comes uh -huh, from. Sure. This is that she has these uh, dream sequences that combine sexual awakening with uh, these sort of dreams of surgery, uh -huh. but also of, of her being like a. Like ugly duckling and swan yep. scenario, because Anna Lynn McCord is a model and she is really really pretty. Uh -huh. But when she's playing Pauline, she's made uh -huh. up to look. And know, then when she flaps back, the, yeah, and it with, flaps back to her bees on her face, and flaps back the dream sequence, and she's beautiful and yeah. uh, and the front cover of this film is her and kind of in a big kind of queen regalia kind of yeah. thing, and it's uh, so yeah that. It's, um, I mean, it's beautifully shot from that side of things, and obviously when she goes to have her first sexual experience with is it Adam, yep. that all ties in with the things that she's been fantasising about as well. Um, because and she decides she wants to be on her period yeah, as well. There it's there. So um, the blood. Yeah, and she's she wants him to go down on her and... <laughs> He licks pussy like a dog drinks water. That was, it was, it was rather good that kind of thing. It was, uh, she's a good character and a good smart character. It worked. It reminded me of places of like Ghost World, um, which I didn't really like. Ah, uh, I could take her or leave it. Really wasn't that um, But it did remind me of places that was kind of genuine dialogue and the, the quite kind of quite kind of barbed yeah. and cutting the uh, things throughout that. Um, it's. As less of a horror film and more of a kind of, I would say like a kind of intense, typical, typical independent film. Intense drama. Yeah. Intense drama comedy. Sure. But I mean like halfway through I even said to you, I really hope she doesn't have to seek bloody revenge. Because I kind of could, I could kind of see it just going like a certain way and thankfully it really, it didn't go. Um, then that route, it just kind of stepfather type yeah. thing where you've it got the whole worked. family set up and then uh -huh. something goes wrong and then you've got a really long drawn out, uh -huh. somebody wants to fight somebody and there's going to be some trouble. Uh -huh. So I mean, what, what I would say is this, it's an excellent film, it's really well made, but um, in terms of whether I'll watch it again, I'm very, very unlikely to ever watch it again. And it, That's it, a shame. It just didn't do that much for me, as much as I enjoyed it at the time, and as much as it was, it kind of fitted quite neatly between the between the two films as well, because yeah. we had quite a kind of brutal introduction through... Um, Dead Girl. Dead Girl, and Loved Ones, as we'll discuss, is kind of more of a kind of black comedy, um, very Australian. Uh, this is quite a black comedy. This is well. kind of, this is definitely a black comedy, but it was a nice kind of bridge between the two. Mm. In my opinion, anyway, it kind of fit, fit nicely between the two. Also, I think it's got some things in it that you don't see coming, uh -huh. which is good. But like, well, I don't want to. to okay. Say yeah. It. Sure. Well, uh -huh. there's a, there's the bit where she finds something 
on the sidewalk and then takes it home because she's practicing her surgery. Oh yeah, and yeah. And, oh, then, sure. and then you've got like this uh, finale that you don't even see coming. Uh huh. Uh huh. Everything. It's it's a film that it does surprise you, and you were quite surprised when it finished. You were like, "What? That's the yeah. end?" Because it it's a really it's such an enjoyable film that it just seems to go mm-hmm. by really quickly. Because mm-hmm. it's an hour and a half, but uh-huh. it just doesn't seem like that. Yeah, it's really nicely paced. I mean it. It feels very suburban throughout. There's a there's a real uh, a real kind of suburban claustrophobia to this. Um, so as I say, I like the fact that you you do have like the you see that they live in a really long street yep, and all yep. the houses look the same, but the only person that you ever see in that street apart That's from right. is, is, that is the neighbour across oh, yeah. the road, yep. and it it fits in nicely with that whole uh, yeah we we all want to move to these communities but there really is no sense of community, community yep. apart from going to the the church yep. that they obviously go to and that's that's like their community social uh-huh. type thing so yeah and, and again the relationship between the mother and the father is, is really interesting <laughs> it's, it's the way through. really funny as well so, in points yeah so that worked really well and obviously we got our, our dear friend uh, Babel Bell's Jr. Um, briefly, um, well certainly throughout the dream sequences. In, in dream sequences. Yeah. So, so. Is, so he'll, he'll be glad to know that pretty girls dream about him. That's right. <laughs> so pretty girls at their sexual awakening have dreams of Bill O'Bear's Jr. <laughs> and why shouldn't they? Why indeed not. Um, okay, so that was that was excision. Yep. So, so uh, will we... Stick in another wee quick yeah, thing yeah, and yeah. come back for the the loved ones. Unless you want to do the reviews, the other two reviews. Oh, should we? Well, will we do one. Yeah, sure. Why now, not? And then we'll, Why we'll not? have the other one for the end. Right, so, uh, Tartan Jeff, another five stars. Wow. He says Scottish horror shock. That's his title, and. He describes us as no bad at all for a couple of weeks. Then in brackets, translation, a splendid offering from two citizens of Glasgow. Oh, that's nice. Fun and informative, just like a podcast should be. And then some. Oh, that's cool. I like it when people add and then some. Because, you know, that that means like, yes, I fully mean everything I've just said. (laughs) But I understated it. (laughs) Yeah, one of the pod- I like to think of our podcast as an understatement. <laughs> one of the podcasts I listen to, I was, I'm just dreading his getting a review like this. Um, but the only <coughs> thing the person had like was cough all over yeah. this because it what the only what thing the pe- they had put was uh, as the subject line was gay, <laughs> and then and the co- the comment it was just what, <laughs> and then one star, and it's just. To be fair, one star is better than... Actually, it's not better than no stars, is it? I don't think you can even give no stars, can you? No. No. But just not commenting, that's that's no star review, isn't it? See, I'd rather have one of those than... <laughs> we've got lots of those. For all the people that have listened to this show, we've had shitloads of no star reviews. <laughs> no comments left or anything, it's great. Oh, well. That's cool. But by reading out four comments, no one we just have a pure mad media horse. <laughs> We are media holes. 
Just I said we'll let you in the advert. Just wait. Oh, oh, media oh, horrors. Yeah, we'll be updating that advert. Yeah, it's quite funny how like we were talking about meta horror last week. We didn't mention the fact that our own advert is exceptionally meta. Yeah. So, so there we go. Most people that listen to this probably won't have held their advert, so... No. Oh well, thank that's you. for the better. Anyway, okay, so we'll be back after, after this. this. After this. 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 This is Jamie from Devour the Podcast. Do you enjoy horror commentary with straightforward honesty? Oh my god, fuck this movie. Fuck this movie so hard. Oh my goodness, you know, I, halfway through this movie I was just like, let's get this thing going. Fuck this movie. Okay. <laughs> Humor and an obvious passion for the genre. I like the cut of your jib. The ceiling, Grandma. Don't make me get out the broom. Oh, your tears are like wine. They used to call that the vapors. Cupcakes are kind of the Schindler's list of desserts. It's it's a, a pure good. I love the idea of up-and-coming horror directors taking on the found footage genre. I really, really like that idea. And that's really the worst thing you can commit as far as filmmaking is concerned, is making a film that's just average. Well, that doesn't really inspire any kind of exactly. discussion, whether it's, you know, to rip it apart or, or praise it. Then you should spend time with David and me. And Bo. As we discuss horror films from old classics. Deep Red. Empire of the Ants. Lisa and the Devil. The Baby. The Toxic Avenger. The New Favorites. Absentia. Cabin in the Woods. The Loved Ones. Shadow of Death. VHS. The Woman. Check us out on iTunes or at devourthepodcast.blogspot.com. Devour the Podcast is a proud member of the Horrorphilia Podcasting Network. Here we go. Foxy, you're the musician at the duo, and you always uh, sing. You're the musician too. Oh yeah, I've got my solo EP. You've got your solo career, totally yeah. world No, I've. <laughs> Anybody want to buy a guitar? <laughs> Swap your guitar for a spade. <laughs> what? Just go and take holes for the rest of my life. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's never on the line. Sorry. I know, never. but it would just be that'd be more fulfilling because <laughs> you could dig them and then fill them back in again. <laughs> Dig it up again. <laughs> you, you see this hole? My grandfather's dug this hole in 1920. <laughs> then my grandmother, she done filled it in. Then my daddy, he done dug that hole back up again. Then my mama, she done filled it in. Then the dog, it done dug that hole again. Come on then the down. cat, it done filled it in. <laughs> see me? I'm digging this hole. So, yeah. That, that. So we're now, we're now I want that as a fucking epitaph. I'm digging this hole. <laughs> you know, because that has got so many meanings. <laughs> you know, I've never had any plans to get, or funds <laughs> to be buried. Uh-huh. Well, I could get a cheap discount coffin. You could. I could. Yes. What's, did I do second hand ones? Of course, you're not going to say on air if your dad does second hand no, coffins. No, he doesn't do second hand <laughs> coffins. Come on. What do you think this <laughs> is? <laughs> then I could just. I could chisel my own headstone. You could jizz on your own headstone? Yes. I would actually think I could just chisel my own headstone out of a massive frozen block of feces. <laughs> my epitaph would be like just in gold lettering. I'm digging this hole. I wouldn't be excellent to each other. <laughs> I think by the time you die, that's not going to be a fucking option. That's going to be a thing. No, it's not. It's going to be a thing. 
Oh, you, you're just uh, holding out hope that the next Bill and Ted film is going to win like, the Nobel Peace Prize. I'm hoping that the next Bill and Ted film doesn't happen. Because <laughs> it might be a horrible embarrassment. Yeah, and uh, I don't Will know. they do the Ghostbusters thing when I they go, is Bill and Ted handing yeah. off to a new generation? I don't know how I feel um, about the Bill and Ted uh, sequel. I'd kinda, I used to kind of moan about people like with Star Wars and stuff, and I'm, I'm representing with my episode one t-shirt. I like, I like the way you've unzipped your hoodie to yes. show to show you to show it on. A, you showed it to me this morning. Oh, and the t-shirt. t-shirt. Oh, yes. Oh, that's how we roll. So yeah, I used to kind of think, oh, what are people complaining about? Doesn't it like ruin the film or anything? But it kind of does. does because if you think, well. At the end of Bogus Journey, everything went perfect and they changed the world and blah blah blah. And then they go back and they say, oh no, but they didn't really change the world, it didn't happen. And, and Rufus is dead. And Rufus is dead. And, uh, so I, I doubt they're going to get Jim Martin back. Yeah. He's too busy growing pumpkins. Is he? Yeah, he's actually a prize winning pumpkin grower. So you always not bring it make, back to shit 90s bands, don't you? I think they were 80s bands, they were sorry. 80s, 90s, uh-huh. and. Uh, noughties. Very much. Noughties. Very much very alive in the noughties. Faith No More. I went to see them twice in the one week. Well, that was fucking awesome. So, Faith No More. Yeah. Don't you go dissing Faith No More, fucking Dylan boy? <laughs> At least they've never written a 15 minute song about the Titanic. But if they did, it would be the best 15 minutes song about the Titanic in the world. And you'd do a video for it and put it on YouTube and then get it promptly taken down. Yeah. With the internet police. I know. Which Which reminds me of. Fucking internet police. I know. (laughs) I know. Fucking hell. I know. So apparently our friend Scheme Comics also was approached by Robocop's people to get rid of all of their... Uh, pictures that they'd used uh, from the from the Robocop remake on their webpage and um, so they were told to, Why? to cease and desist and to get all the 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 publicity images off their website so there we go so the, the point of they the must publicity be trying to, image well that's that so presumably, the presumably they must be coming down hard on, on people for you said hard on <laughs> <laughs> Oh, coming down, hold on. <laughs> Title of my next album. Oh, girl. Uh, people girl. are going, you can hear the frown. People are going to be saying, that guy's, like, that guy's jokes are just incredible. He's just like, he should be winning the Perry Award or something. It's not, it's, not, it's not the Perry Award anymore. What is it now? Yeah. It's uh, the... Magnus Pear Cider F- Award. The, not the... The, F- the Izzy Study Award. F.com. Right. Comedy oh, Award. I know that uh, Perry stopped stopped doing it years ago. Right. There we go. I'm sure F.com took over. I don't know if they, they still do it. Cool. So that's a, the comedy awards at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival for anyone that doesn't know. Yes. It's not not just Perry ego, you were funny. <laughs> you know the Perry Awards never just been given to a really drunk man on a bus. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be brilliant. <laughs> I just want a bunch of Perry Awards made up now. 
just to hand them to people on buses. He told an amazing joke about Jim Martin from Faith No More and his pumpkin collection. No, that is 100% true. I know that is. Yeah. I don't doubt you. Well, then it's not a joke. No, but he could have made a really good joke about that. No, he couldn't. If I can't think of one, he can. <laughs> Okie doke. Um, okay, so the loved ones. I think you're the you're the synopsis king last week. I'm really impressed. Oh, it's just because neither of us can be arsed looking on the Yeah, I mean, uh, IMDb is always disappointing. It's always it it's always ends up being somebody with no mastery of the English language. Or but you're going to look at it just in no, case. No, no, no. Can I get a t-shirt better than IMDb? Uh, I don't know. Can you put it in your wish list? I'll put it on my Amazon wish list. Amazon girls Amazon wish list dot tk. You make me sick. See if I add a copy of American Mary on DVD on my Amazon wish list, maybe somebody will buy it. That'd be ironic. Surprise. <laughs> oh, Chris will buy it. Man. The Blu-ray's on there. <laughs> oh. But uh, yeah, the, the loved ones is about Lola, who's uh, also known as Princess, and what's the boy's name again? Oh God, I don't know. I can't remember, I just call him Victim Boy. <laughs> Where are you going, Victim Boy? I'm going to check. But uh, anyway, she, uh, he's in a in a dark place because as you see at the start of the film, he's, uh, he's just, he's been in a recent car crash where he was driving and he was getting on really well with his dad and they were having funny discussions and then he swerved to avoid a random topless stranger who was standing in the middle of the road and his father died. So uh, that's that's his story, <laughs> as Michael Jackson would say, as victim victim boy, but Lola uh-huh. Lola and Before you judge me, try hard to love me. That's what Michael Jackson says. Yeah, Victim Boy is called uh, Brent. Brent, that's it. But uh, Lola invites him to the dance, but he can't go because he's already going with... He's going with Holly. Yeah. Who's incredible. You think? Yeah, she makes me feel kind of funny. Lola makes me feel kind of funny. Yeah, I kind of felt a bit funny about her too. uh, Holly in particular. But Lola doesn't take the rejection too well no and Brent goes to his happy place which is like a did you say it was a quarry yeah it's like a, with his a dog a nearby quarry where he regularly goes to kind of climb and yep just to get away from everything yep. and have uh, have dreams of just letting himself fall and die because he's a miserable miserable son of a bitch and whilst he's at the quarry just chilling out, a mysterious man turns up and knocks him unconscious and kidnaps him. Yep. And then takes him away to a place. He also uh, smacks the dog with a hammer. Which was really cruel. Well, it wasn't very nice at all, was it? Certainly wasn't. Certainly wasn't. It's quite um, possibly the least disturbing thing we've seen happen in any of the films this yeah, week. Yeah, that's that. Well, that's that. And so. So that's really yeah. synopsis, really. Uh-huh. Miserable boy. Uh-huh. A couple of you kind of sidelines, like the... Like the friend. 
and, uh-huh. the, and the goth girl. And the goth girl who's... Who made you feel kind of funny. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, it actually, at the start of it, it seems like good. they're setting up the cast of Todd and the Book of Evil. Have or Todd and the Book of Pure Evil. No, I haven't seen that. a TV show? A Canadian TV show. Right. But, but the, the main characters of the loved ones do seem quite like the main characters of Todd and the Book of Evil. Right, cool. Evil. Uh-huh. But they're not. Uh-huh. So, yeah, that was yeah. just a random um, thought. So, yeah, this, I mean, the, the kind of centrepiece to this film is, should we we'll spoil some of it, right? I mean, it's not yeah, really spoilery. It's, it's not, not really. I mean, this is really, what, what sells this film or what distinguishes it from, from other films is uh, kind of... Humour. Well, I, I wasn't gonna. I was gonna say the the kind of scenes between Lola and our dad and uh, Brent, where we get this and kind bright of, eyes, yeah, and bright eyes, where we get this kind of fucked up um, prom situation, uh, and and their home. So she's yeah. It turns the, out Brent has been kidnapped, brought back to Lola's home. Yeah. Um, it's tied to a chair, and. They proceed to kind of have dinner, yeah, and do a, a whole range of kind of fucked up promesque things, or or vaguely with a mirror ball, uh huh, continual mirror ball uh-huh. and a banner, mm-hmm. like end of school dance, yeah, thing, and it just as the thing moves on, it just becomes more and more, more and more fucked up, um, and the things, and we obviously discover that she has been. I mean, I'm trying. I'm probably better giving some examples of the, the things that happen. I mean, she's she has him tied to the, the the chair and she injects his throat with bleach uh, or some other substance that makes him unable to unable to speak. Yeah. And at the same time, her and her father are saying, "We can't hear you," um, in very yeah. mocking fashion in the camera at that point, as from his perspective. And what's the kind of very kind of fucked up scenes where he's kind of drifting in and out of consciousness um, she's force feeding him chicken uh, she's, the, she's she's cruel to her mother yeah, who, is, who is bright eyes who they call bright eyes all the way through and she, we don't really, we don't find out until later on that it's her mother but um, it's kind of obvious but it's just, uh, it's, yeah. she, she never really refers to her as such all the way through so we get this kind of strange kind of sexual relationship between her and her dad as well. That's kind of hinted at, um, and certainly the way yeah. he is looking at her and the way that she's acting around him, it's, it's it's obvious that there's something there. I think Robin McLeavy's performance in this uh-huh. is just perfect because yeah, she she swings instantly between this kind of cutesy. innocent yep. cutesy daddy's girl. Yep. To Who this. listens to kind of Taylor Swift type music. Yeah, I can't remember music. the name of that. Yeah, but, but it's very, it's very much... Pretty so that's kind of... The, <laughs> the musical motif throughout this is this kind of... I, I don't remember the artist, but it's kind of that kind of country rock... Well, country pop type yeah. uh, thing. Um, it's, it's all about... Uh, the, the song's all about uh, her own insecurities. Uh-huh, being rejected. Yep. Um, and you've... You've got her being, at the same time, quite, quite obviously 
sexual, <laughs> but not, but never in a really overtly sexual way, apart from a couple of times when it's almost like she's goading uh -huh. the dad as uh -huh. well. Yep. Like, I think the, that she plays the character perfectly because it's just, it's quite disturbing the way that she phrases some things. Yep. Like, oh, if, if you don't, if you don't pee in the next 10 seconds, daddy's, daddy's going to put a nail through it. Mm -hmm. And then she's doing the countdown and she looks disappointed when Brent's able to pee. Mm -hmm. But then she goes, oh, look, it's crying. Mm -hmm. I'd better kiss it better. Mm -hmm. Whilst the dad is standing there mm -hmm. with a fucking hammer and a nail, yep. having to watch his daughter kind of partially fillet a man. Mm -hmm. It's it's a disturbing but brilliant film. Yep. And of course you've got her uh, changing into her dress in front of the dad as well, mm -hmm. where it is like she's She's very she's very aware of all the power that she has over her dad, mm -hmm. even to the point where she is doing things to be cruel to her mother, mm -hmm. who is also in a kind of semi catatonic state. Yeah. Uh -huh. But she will do things to to make the mother look like she's acting up. Yep. So like the, pulling her hair and yeah. things like that. So, yeah, I I don't know how much to go into this because it's. It's obviously there's, there's a lot of nice surprises and a lot of nice twists and nothing. I think we can talk about the first half. Nothing twisty, but it's, it's just it's it's really good. Because um, the picture it shows you that at one point she's got a drill. Yeah. So um, the trepanning they call it. Right. Okay. You drill a, a hole into the front uh -huh. of the skull. Uh huh. Which you can see has been done to bright eyes. Uh huh. As well. That's right. And she. The idea is that they would then pour boiling water into their heads um, to melt yeah. their brains. Home lobotomy. Yep. Yeah. So it's very, very fucked up. And, um, and he obviously manages, he, like Brent manages to get a few, uh, a few kind of kicks in and a few, a few bits. One beautiful kick. Yeah. One yep. kick where you go, oh my god, that was awesome. Yep. Wait a minute, why am I applauding a man? Kicking a woman square in the chest. <laughs> yeah, it's like you go. I really want him to get away. <laughs> you just go. Actually, no. She's a psycho. Uh huh. It's. Uh, I'd say if you if you like misery, mm -hmm. you'll love this. Uh huh. It's not as slow as misery. Yeah. And it does have some equally. But it doesn't have anything that quite matches the ankle scene. Yep. Yeah. In misery. Sure. But I think it's got some scenes that are. I have to say, I right friend her getting kind of sexy when she started getting evil and sociopathic. Yeah. It was uh, pretty bad, but. Um, no, but I think she's meant to. Yeah. I think that's more of her natural character and mm -hmm. the, the whole uh, innocent daddy's girl thing is the act that she puts on. To uh -huh. Because I mean, when she first approaches him, she's very, like. Very, very shy. She looks freaking yeah. really pretty, but she just looks very, very shy. And um, you want to go to dance with me? Yeah. So like everybody knows who she is. She's not like the complete outsider character. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows her by name and everything that's 
there's never the oh yeah that's, there's never yeah, really sure. the insinuation that she's been randomly rejected. Mova Stone, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. But uh, there's also the I I thought like as soon as you get her and the father joining in in mm -hmm. the mocking we can't hear you. Mm -hmm. There's already the insinuation that this is not the first time yeah, you've sure. done this. Sure. And also it's done with such skill that it's obviously something that has been practiced before. That's right. Which you then you then have coming up again later on in the oh. film, which we can't really no, go into, too, go into much too much detail about that. Yeah. But but you do learn do more. Do I say about the book? What book? No. The picture book that she's got. Oh no, because that that okay, kind of that kind of gives good. it away about too much. That's okay. Um, but I mean, in terms of I mean, obviously the films that we've seen recently, like American Mary, she's quite a. She's quite strong. a kind of, yeah, very strong, badass female character. Um, you wouldn't want to meet in the dark alley. Yeah, definitely not. So it's, uh, although completely separate, whereas American Mary's more a kind of anti-hero type, type character, uh, Lola was very much not the, an anti-hero at all. No. <laughs> uh, Robin McLeavy was actually persuaded by the director and writer to research Jeffrey Dahmer. Oh ah, right, here we go. Uh -huh. Before making this, and to watch Misery, and a whole heap of other films about psychotics. Because hmm. he said that he was he was getting bored of horror films always being a bit too obvious, uh -huh. and so many times it was just a guy in a mask. Uh -huh. and he wanted to make something different, but yep. okay. it took them four years to get the full funding uh -huh. for this film. Because I mean, this has been one that's been staggered in terms of the. Um, in terms of the release, it's uh, yeah. I mean, completed in 2009 and then... Then not really properly released until 2011 in some uh -huh. places. So now 2010 in Toronto, I think. Yeah, but 2012 in the States. Yeah. So, I mean, this was like last summer. This was released in the States. Um, I mean, we, we saw it when it was on TV earlier to... I'm sure it was either early 2012 or it was, no, it was late it was, 2011. I think it was mid-2012 when it was on Horror Fest on Channel 4. Uh -huh. It was actually just before we started the podcast. Right, okay. So it was no, it was, it was before that though. It was like six months before that. Oh, well, you saw it at a different time. I saw it at a different time from yourself. I think it was six months before that. I could actually even check the yeah, date. I remember, us, I remember <laughs> us talking about it, but that was... I'd seen that one maybe six months to a year before that. that so it had already obviously been... Uh, doing the rounds at that point in British television. Um, well, because Channel Four, they can sponsor mm -hmm. like horror festivals over here, uh -huh. which works out really well when they decide that Film Four will do their well, that's right. that's their right. horror festivals. Because I mean, the the next time they do one, American Mary will probably be on it. Mm -hmm. You know, they they do tend to get a lot of the. Uh -huh. The film festival. They sell it very favorites. quickly. That's the only thing. It's the ones in the one in Glasgow. They'll just sold out. No, but I mean on the TV. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. Prices were pretty pretty. Sixty six pounds for eleven it's, films. It's a lot of money. Um. So. It is for us. That's for us. Yep. Yeah. Um. Okay. So should have put tickets on Gil's Amazon wishlist dot <laughs> And then cried every day. Oh, shop. Right. Put a sock in it. Um, do you want to finish? Put a dog in it. Do you want to finish with the? Well, we can do the last uh, review that we received. If you're. Oh yep. 
Uh, so yeah, called. totally recommend um, the loved ones. Yeah, oh, this this was certainly my favorite. As much as I'd seen it before, it was my favorite of the week. I think it's a really hard film to fault. Uh-huh. To be honest, I think that when we were watching it last night, it was yeah, you did say much, that. It's, uh-huh. What is there wrong with this film? There's only one thing that's kind of wrong with this that? film, but uh, I'd I'd say that it's that you. You don't swerve to avoid somebody that you nearly hit on a road, and then for nothing really to have come of that. Yeah, fair enough. I'd, I'd fair say enough. that's the only fault. Fair enough. Um, I mean, it that it's it certainly reminds you of the like like the break uh, like not so much uh, brain dead. Oh, sorry, not so much bad taste as brain dead. It reminded me a wee bit of that as much as uh, that's a New Zealand film, obviously, but it does have that kind of black comedy element to it as well. Yeah. It works really well in the kind of over-the-top uh, violence. It does make you laugh quite a few times, very good. but at the same time, it also, it's it's good to see a film that makes me wince uh-huh. at things, because that really doesn't happen a lot, uh-huh. as you'll know. <laughs> the, the soundtrack was excellent as well. Yeah, the soundtrack was really good. What was the... There was a song on it that was only uh Lonesome Loser at the start. Yeah, there's Lonesome Loser and uh-huh. then there was something like Mirror Ball of Mirror Ball of Death, yeah, yeah that's great. That's a great name for a great song. Title. Uh, uh, yeah, the last review well sorry, the most recent review we've had. Uh-huh. Which was only left two days ago by oh. Lo- by Lol Mahmoud. And I am pronouncing that properly. M A H M W O D. Do you know that? Person? No, I, I don't know any of these people. Oh, there we go. Cool. Uh, their headline is surprisingly brilliant. There we five go. stars. Thank you very much. And they, it's actually my favourite review that we've ever had because it just seems. Well, don't say that. Does that upset all the other people that have left nice reviews? No, it's it's but it's because it's not all nice. All oh, right. Okay. So it's uh, I listened to the first couple of shows. And thought it was funny-ish, but too unprofessional. Well, that's, that's true. That's, that's our mantra. <laughs> well, you're in for a treat this week. Of funny-ish, but unprofessional. <laughs> I stopped downloading them for a week or two, then just tried one more show on a whim, as everyone should. On a sun. You know, give us another chance. On a quim. We we we'll be better. Don't hit us. We'll. <laughs> We'll try! We'll get the magic back! We'll try the relationship, we'll try and make things work, (laughs) but it never works. It never fits back together again, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going back to mother's. (laughs) I'll sleep at Gil's house. Oh, for fuck's sake, take them back. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Carry on. Uh, I'm now hooked. That's them, not not me. (laughs) Because obviously I turn up every week. For starters, the Chernobyl Diaries joke never gets old, and they put never all in caps. Chernobyl what? No, it's the Chernobyl Diaries one. You know, the, 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 worst, the worst of the, the Princess, Princess Diaries, Diaries movies. Right, okay. Oh. I love the completely human banter. I thought he was going to say compute, completely humorless banter. <laughs> Between the two presenters. Mm-hmm. So obviously they don't like it when we have guests on, so we should just stop that. Yeah. Apart from Bill Oberst Jr, because he said we could just ask him whatever the fuck we want. Uh, Wait, length or girth? I was going to ask both. <laughs> you can't make a 3D model without that information. <laughs> I love the way you can sometimes actually hear the disapproving glances that Roscoe directs at Gil 
There's one. As was name <laughs> of the of the podcast has remarked. <laughs> what's name? Yeah, W O W S N A M E. What's his name? What's his name? But what I love the most is how much information they slip in between swearing, drinking, and occasionally cooking dinner. We've only done that once. I drink every week. <laughs> I was really disappointed because you were ready to turn up at five and you turned up at three and I was going to spend three to five getting a buzz on. <laughs> oh. What? Because <laughs> I was going to buy a drink last night you went, oh, that's pure gut rot. Alright. So I waited to see where I'm looking and I bought it anyway. Did you? Yeah. I got it in the post office. Oh, well. But that was just because I thought, I'm not letting him tell me what not to buy. Um, that, would, that would be your website, what not to buy. What well, miss independent. Anyway, that, that's not even the end of the review. Right. I'd probably never have heard of Chaw, Meat Grinder, or a host of other secret gems if not for these two. So, that's awesome because they are both brilliant films. Recommend to any film fan with a sense of humour. I'd say recommend to ones that don't. P.S. The Boho Po is the first show I've known in any medium where the reviewers admit to buying their review films from Poundland. There we go. <laughs> so that's so cool. That's that's so an awesome review. I'm I'm a former Poundland employee, so I'm I'm part of David Dodd's Black and Green Army. Um, did you even get? Did you get a discount? No, of course I did. That's fucking ridiculous. You work anywhere, you get a discount. Not Poundland, you don't. I think it'd be brilliant if there was just a whole lot of people that, that walk about going. It's not Poundland to me. <laughs> 75 pence land all the way. No, I don't think that job had any perks whatsoever. David Dodds? Yeah. I went to school with a guy called David Dodds. Was he a, a fat Asian man? No. At least not that one. If, <laughs> it's not that one. if you'd said, was he a dick? Actually, David Dodds was really funny. He came from Octor uh, Mufti. Where the fox hat? But, uh, That's the old rich hole joke. Yep, where the fox hat. He won the Perry Award. Did he? Yeah. I think that was an advert for something. That was like an advert for something that he did. Yep. So. But uh, I remember David Dodds. He introduced the trash cans when he's showing America. Did he? Which is pretty cool. Hey, I like Rich Hall. Yeah. So stop going on about him. I'm trying to talk about David Dodds. Alright. <laughs> I know one was some random guy. I know Roscoe. Fucking hell. I'm talking with some random guy that's <laughs> going to do anything. Oh, that was the alarm telling you to shut up. Tea ready. <laughs> Alright. But uh, no, David Dodds came out of school one day really, really pissed off because he thought everybody was talking about him. And right. they weren't. Because what had happened was the night before, we were all getting the bus back home. Mm-hmm. And you know how bus drivers sometimes open the door before the bus is fully stopped. Yes. Yeah. Is that a euphemism? <laughs> Only if it's a lady bus driver. What? Oh. oh, for fuck's sake. I'm going to go back in time and find everybody that's ever created a fucking app <laughs> and model them. Like, even useful apps like Google Directions. It's not my favourite. <laughs> but anyway, David Dodds was on the bus and it was just getting up to his stop, so he's standing at the front and he 
is just holding on to the wee rail, the doors open, and he decides to like be all flash and jump off before the bus has stopped. <laughs> he hit the ground with such momentum that he had no choice but to keep running, and he ran straight into a bus shelter. <laughs> And then the next day when he came in, he thought everybody was talking about him and he was in a really bad mood. And then he eventually was asked, like, what are you in a bad mood for? Because like, oh, you are all talking about that fucking thing last night. What thing? When I ran face into a bus shelter. Then everybody was talking about it. <laughs> and then he got off the bus. Ah. <laughs> then we found out he was on a bus. And then the nudity was funny. So... But yeah, uh, Davy Dodds. I haven't thought about him for a long time. Good memories. He, he was a Dundee United fan. Really liked uh, Mixu Patalina. Yeah, so if Davy Dodds is out there, get in touch. Get in touch, man. Don't. <laughs> if, and I'll tell everybody the other stuff you did. If the, if the former owner, owner of Poundland, Davy Dodds, is listening, get in touch. You used to know a Norwegian guy who used to put jam in his penis and get his grandma's dog to lick it off. There's one of those frowns. That's completely true. We only know that because we went around one time to see if he was in and looked through the window and he was standing there with his... He was like fucking 10 at the time he was standing there. Go! Standing there with his... Go! Feeding jam. Go! No. Right, okay, car. Talk about something else. Move on. Oh, right. right. For goodness sake. Any funny stories with peanut butter? No, I don't. <laughs> no, I don't. Have you ever tried Nutella on a Shut up. bagel? No, I haven't. No, it's not like nice. Nice, is it? Oh, that's good. I wasn't sure what you were going to say. Uh, well, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, um, we've still we've still got our um, American still, Mary, American Mary uh, signed copy competition. <laughs> um, <laughs> terms and conditions apply. So. <laughs> That's kind of dependent on me being able to rescue it from my former home. You know, if we'd never mentioned this again, people would have forgotten about it like everything else we say. Yeah, I know, I know. Instead, we've committed ourselves to possibly buying multiple copies of American (laughs) Mary. So, yeah, um, and we need, we need ladies. Because we've just now, we've only got, we've only had three, uh, we've had three entrants (laughs) involved. Three entrants. <laughs> Three male entries. Three entrants and they've all been male. So ladies, sh- sh- step up to the plate and sh- strap it on and <laughs> enter our competition um, to win a, a beautiful signed copy or normal copy of American Mary. Uh, so please, uh, gen- genuinely, if there's anybody, I mean, we, we do have... Uh, Vast cadre of, of female listeners as well as yeah. as well as male listeners. So please, so, so please, uh, ladies, uh, pick a film that you think we should watch, uh-huh. and then give us a gushing review. Uh-huh. And what's the? It's bodacious horror at gmail And anybody else, uh, male or female, please uh, please feel free to, to send us an audio review. Sorry, an, an audio recommendation of uh, a film that you want us to review. Um, next week we are doing. J horror, I believe. Yeah, uh, that's uh, Young Frankenstein, Der Gollum, and Der Gollum, and we haven't. Well, no we're not sure what other J horror there is. Yeah, so that's anything by trauma, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so that was my joke last night, and you fucking frowned at me. You <laughs> bet. See, I frown at girl in real life as well. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, so nice, nice week, J-horror. J-horror. Um, People are going to think that we're anti-Semitic through that joke, but it's because of J-date, the website. Ah, So J-horror, yeah. mm-hmm. that would be, mm-hmm. yeah. We're, we're not mean people. No, we're good people. We are. Now, what are the films for next week? Oh, because they're all on YouTube. They're all Japanese, I can't read. Uh, Ultimate Verses. Right. That's one of them. Audition. Audition, yeah. Which is, was Death Note one of them? Or? Uh, and Death Note, I think, yeah. I yeah, think, I can't I think that's the three. Ultimate Verses. It has to be Ultimate Verses, not just Verses. It's on YouTube in two parts if you want to watch it. And Audition and Death Note. YouTube are currently watching us with uh, very carefully. Well, that's so alright because we're currently watching YouTube. So. <laughs> Actually, and, if, and uploading illegal content as well. If, so that's if you subscribe to our uh, YouTube channel, then you will find links to all the films because we will add them to the favourites of our YouTube channel. So even though you can't watch the fucking Robocop thing that I spent upwards of an hour and a half creating, <laughs> you can see it on Daily Motion. So there we go. Yeah, well, that's us for another week. Yeah, um, and it's are, a Sunday. Are we going to f- finish with the song that we discussed, or is that...? Oh, yeah, because uh, Roscoe isn't just... Somebody that sits on my couch crying about his relationship. Sometimes he uh, also writes songs where he cries about other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll we'll be finishing out... Because we finished out with a song I had recorded. It's not a good one, but we did. And now we're going to end with your your beautiful, beautiful ode, ode to, to Conrad, Conrad, Conrad Brooks. Brooks, who was in many of the Edward films. That's right, that's true. Right. of them. Yeah, pretty much all of the Edward I couldn't films. remember who he was until I saw the video and then I saw his face. I was like, ah, he was in, he was in Plan 9 from Outer that's Space. That's right, that's right. So, and Costs of the Queer Wolf is going to um, so on that note, we'll uh, love you and leave you, and take care. We're obviously on Twitter, Bodish, at Bodacious Horror, and at oh, that's all in the description. Yeah, and feel free to leave us a lovely iTunes review, and we will read it out. So thank you, and good night. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good morning.
of flats, hidden face, death row, game show, mystery and shadow, hellbomb, Edward finds us over Hollywood.